I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and welcome to From the Hawk's Nest. Today, my guest is Don Hargis, a 1990 alumnus of Quincy University. Don earned his bachelor's degree in history and his teaching certificate from QU before completing a Spanish endorsement from Illinois State University. He has worked as a high school and middle school teacher and coach and spent almost a decade in the telecommunications field. In today's episode, Don is going to share with us his road to QU and the new road that he is getting ready to start traveling. Don, thanks for joining us today. Hey, you're quite welcome, Matt. My pleasure to join you. So let's start back with what brought you to Quincy University. Well, it all goes back to Effingham, Illinois, and, and growing up there and going to school at St. Anthony's, which is obviously a Catholic school, and, uh, you know, 12 years of Catholic education there. And then I, I just had a lot of friends from St. Anthony's that ended up going to QU. It was QC back at that time, Quincy College. Uh, guys like Craig Cabas, Ed Daters, Joe Daters, um, just a lot of guys from my hometown and, and you know, St. Anthony's that ended up going there and they really enjoyed it. And I went up there one weekend to visit them and really, really liked it. That's wonderful. And, and I'm assuming you probably came here and got involved in a number of things in campus. What, uh, tell us about your life on campus and what types of activities you were involved in. Sure. Uh, well, one of the things I did play baseball at Quincy for four years. Um, so obviously a lot of those guys too, Ed and Joe and, and Craig, they were also baseball players. Uh, and we had a real pretty good baseball program at St. Anthony's at that time. So I was able to kind of continue that at QC or QU. And then, um, you know, my first year I lived in Padua Hall and I got to know my RA quite well, resident assistant, right? And I thought, well, this is kind of a cool gig, right? We talk a lot about it. So uh, the next year, my sophomore year, I applied to become a resident assistant, got the job except they didn't let me stay in Padua. They sent me over to Centennial Hall, which is now, I think it's kind of got a different name now, I think. Or yes. is it still Centennial Hall? Keyline Hall now. Yeah, okay, there you go. And then, um, so I was an RA over there for a year, my sophomore year, and then, you know, figured I'd do it one more year. So I came back to Padua my junior year and was an RA there. And so that was, you know, that was a really formative experience being an RA. And, um, just working with the other RAs and the hall directors and the dean of students, et cetera, et cetera. And then, uh, you know, playing baseball, being an athlete for four years, got to know a lot of guys, obviously, and just had a great time. And, and um, you know, was active also. I played a little bit of guitar, so I actually played in the, the choir. Uh, we had a little folk group or whatever. We played at the 10 o'clock mass on Sunday night. Uh, did that for uh, two or three years. Really enjoyed that, too, so. Yeah, just a lot of different things. It's just a great, you know, Q is just, it's it, it's, a, it's a small community, but it's such a great community. It just felt like a family to me, so, and, and it still feels that way today. What is it that you love about QU the most? You know, I think it's that community, and coming from a small high school, like St. Anthony's, I think my graduating class, we had like 52 or 54 people, and then going to QU, you know, you just, it just flowed for me. Um you know, I thought about going to bigger schools. I, you know, had an offer to maybe walk in and play baseball at Eastern Illinois University, but I decided against it and, and, and just was already set up to go to QU and already knew those a lot of those guys, like I said, that had already gone there uh, before me from St. Anthony's and really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, just that sense of community. And the, and the Catholic faith obviously played a huge role uh, and, and being able to practice your faith, being able to 
deep in your faith. I, I think I had enough hours to get a, a minor in theology at, at QU. So that played a huge role as well. And I just love the chapel there. I just love to go in there and just spend time in the quiet. And, uh, sometimes I go in there and there's a, I play a little bit of piano too. So I'd, sometimes I go in there and tickle the ivories a little bit when nobody was in there. And, and yeah, it was just a really cool experience. So, Well, over the years, you have stayed faithfully engaged with QU. Why has that been important to you? Oh, I, I love going back and visiting. I love getting together with my, my friends that I graduate with. I graduated way back in 1990. God, it seems so long ago. I mean, 31 years ago. It's kind of <laughs> scary. But yeah, I um, I like to get together with those guys still. Um, you know, so a really good friend of mine, Brian Finney, is in Springfield, Illinois. Another really good friend, uh, John Ducey, is in Alton. Mark Thomas is in Quincy as well, I believe. Um, so it, it's just great. You know, we just... Uh, we all lived together our senior year in, in one of the houses and, uh, you know, really bonded and just had a, a, just had an excellent time. Dan Wagner, too, was also my roommate. Got to mention Dan, <laughs> who uh, moved back to Illinois, went to California, but he came back to Illinois. So, um, you know, I just I've, I've just always felt that connection to QU, you know, being from Effingham, a small town and Quincy's not that big of a town. And then also, um, you know, wanting to give back a little bit to a place I think that's given me a lot. Uh, I think, you know, the Franciscan friars that I had, like Father Aaron, um, Father Ken, uh, you know, in the history department, and then obviously uh, Dr. Costigan, uh, you know, great influences in my life. And um, just always felt like I needed to give back a little bit and, and stay involved. Well, we definitely appreciate uh, your engagement with the university, Don. And, you know, you, you went on to a career in, in a large part of your career doing teaching and coaching. What led you down that path? What, what made you choose that profession? You know, I think it was in high school. I just had such a great experience, uh, you know, playing baseball, playing basketball in high school, and, and always looked up to my coaches and, and teachers and just, uh, just like I kind of leaned towards my history teachers at that time. And and just thought, yeah, this is something I'd like to do down the road because I, I saw what kind of influence they had on my life and just wanted to be able to, you know, hopefully have a, a similar impact down the road as an adult. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't always been in education. I've kind of been in and took, took a break, went out, got out for a while, worked in the corporate world. And then I got laid off in 2009 during the Great Recession. And then uh, you know, I'm kind of scratching my head and asking my wife, Martha, you know, who's in HR, and I said, honey, what, what should I do with my life now? Fortunately, they, they gave me a pretty decent severance package, and I had some time to think about it. She said, you need to go back into education. And I think that's the best decision and the best advice I've ever gotten uh, because I've, I've been back now. Uh, I've taught now for 12 years, coached for more than that, but um, – I have to say it, it all started back at St. Anthony's with those experiences I had with my teachers and coaches. And then it continued at Quincy as well. So um, what do you think has been the most rewarding part of that job? Yeah, the most rewarding part is just the relationships you build with the students, the kids, and and then also with your colleagues. Like I just, uh, I've been blessed. I've been so blessed the last six years. I've been at Columbine high school in Littleton, Colorado, and, and everybody knows or her, has heard of Columbine. Um, it was funny, my wife and I were at an outlet mall down in Castle Rock, Colorado this past week, and I was wearing one of my Columbine t-shirts or something, and I was just standing in line getting ready to pay for something, and a gentleman 
you know, tapped my shoulder and started asking me about Columbine and said, Hey, did they tear the school down? I heard they tore, they tore the school down. I'm like, no, <laughs> they, <laughs> we didn't tear it down. It's still there. It's just, they changed it obviously after what happened back in 1990. But, um, it's just such a, an amazing community and, and it's been so rewarding to teach at Columbine and even at King Carroll, I taught at King Carroll middle school for four years before being at Columbine for six years, which King Carroll middle school is the feeder school. All the kids that usually go to King Carroll just kind of feed on up, up to Columbine high school. And it's just been really rewarding to build those relationships with those kids and with my colleagues. They're just some outstanding teachers. I mean, you know, education in so many places gets a bad rap, but, um, out here in Colorado, I can only kind of speak for Colorado in my experience. It's just, I've seen, especially this past year with everything we've gone through with the pandemic, it's just an incredible effort on the part of administrators and teachers to try to teach our children, which has been really, really difficult this past year. Um, so yeah, I think that's the most rewarding part. And obviously being a coach too. You know, coaching baseball, coaching basketball, I've coached cross country in the past too. Building those relationships outside the classroom has just meant so much too. Um, you know, and I, I run into the kids all the time. You know, my community kids I either taught or I coach, and they're like, "Hey, coach," or "Hey, senor." You know, it's just <laughs> it's it's just great. It just uh, you know, it just happened to me. I was a target just a couple of days ago, and I, I, you know, I in line to pay at Target, and the cashier was a, a student of mine that I had an AP Spanish last year. Senor, senor, hola, hola. And, you know, went over and talked to him for five minutes and, you know, to find out what he's doing right this summer and what his life, where he's going in the future. It's just, it's just really rewarding. I find that, you know, just very fulfilling. You know, as a coach, I'm sure you could talk to us for hours about your most um, exciting moments. But if you had to pick one or two, what would be the highlights of your coaching career? Wow. Um, I was one of the highlights would have to be uh, last year, uh, 2020. Uh, our basketball team, which in Colorado there are five classes: 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, and 5A. And Columbine is a larger school, so we're in the 5A classification. And uh, uh, our team, we made it to the um, the Elite Eight, and we lost to a team that hadn't lost in two years. Um, was just a really excellent team. And my youngest son was a member of that team, David. Uh, he graduated from Columbine in 2020. Um, so going to the Denver Coliseum and, and being on the bench, and, and I'm not the head coach by any means. I was uh, two years ago as a JV coach, but I was also, you know, would sit with the varsity players and the coaches during the game and stuff. And just being able to experience that at the state level. And even though we didn't win, uh, you know, it was a great experience, a great game, and being there for my son and and um, for the team, and it was a really tight team, and we we really had an emotional locker room after we lost, um, and, and kids just spoke very honestly about what it meant to them to play basketball for four years at Columbine High School, and what everybody meant to them, the coaches and their fellow players, and that that was just a touching, really really touching experience. Um, so that that one stands out. Um, yeah, that's pretty you know, cool. I, yeah, it was very, very cool. And, um, and fortunately, we had, we had a very good player, too, uh, who is now at CU at University of Colorado playing basketball. So Luke O'Brien, we were fortunate to have him for four years. And then uh, 
probably the second highlight would be my last baseball game that I just coached this spring. We ended up beating a rival 20 to two. Ah. And this arch rival had one of our arch rivals. We've got two down here and, and this rival had beaten us during the regular season, uh, like six to three or something. But the very, we get, we got to play him again at the end of the year in a tournament and in a season tournament, we ended up beating them 20 to two. So that was a good way to go out, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's stop and take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Don about his newest journey. So this is from the Hawks Nest and we'll be right back. After graduating with a degree in sports management and a minor in communication, I knew I wanted to continue my education. The MBA program at Quincy University provided a way for me to complete my master's degree while maintaining a job and broadcasting QU Hawks games. Quincy University's MBA program offers a signature blend of curricular rigor and preparation for the ever-changing workplace. To continue on your road to success, visit quincy.edu today. And welcome back to From the Hawk's Nest. I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and today we are chatting with Don Hargis, who's a 1990 alumnus of Quincy University, and we've talked all about Don's career in coaching and teaching, and, and now... Don, you're moving in a new direction, and you and your wife, Marta, are about to embark on a brand new adventure in the country of Jordan. I, that is correct. I, you know, where do, we, where do we even start with that? What, I guess we start with what, what, how did this even come about? What led you to this decision? Matt, Matt how much time do you have for this? <laughs> I guess we'll take the cliff notes. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, so... I'll try, try to take a long story, make it short. So uh, my wife is from Spain. Uh, Mark and I met uh, way back when, back in the 90s. And, um, anyway, got married in Spain and everything. So, but we ended up moving to Colorado. We've, we've, been, a, we've been out here in the Denver area for 24 years, uh, which is it's awesome. Colorado is awesome. We love Colorado. Our two kids were born here. They, both of our kids graduated from Columbine High School, the two boys, Pablo and David. But uh, my wife has been wanting to make a change. Um, she was uh, running in the just professional frustrations, I guess I would say. Whereas I was very happy. I was very happy at Columbine High School. I would stay there for a long, long time. Keep coaching and keep teaching there. But my wife really wanted to make a move. So I, I'm like, well, one of us has got to look for a job somewhere. And <laughs> so she started looking. I started looking. And... Um, Originally, our plan was to go to Australia last year um, because the state of Colorado has a teacher exchange program with Australia where literally you go and like take that, live in that teacher's house in Australia, teach at their school, drive their car, whatever. They come and live in your house in Littleton, Colorado, go to your school, teach your classes, you know, uh, drive your car, whatever. Wow. A, a true, you know, a true teacher exchange, you know, for a year. Two, two issues with that. Number one, Australia is in the Southern Hemisphere, so their school year is like, you know, February through November or something like that. And then second of all, COVID hit. Sure. Um, so 
so here I was, we were all signed up to go to Australia. We were, you know, we were looking for a match. We had a, a coordinator here in Colorado who was searching for us and was hoping to find it and everything else. And then, and basically COVID hit and it just put the kibosh on everything. So adios Australia, no, no more Australia. So, um, my wife was very open to moving overseas, uh, being, her being from Spain. And so I looked at jobs in Europe. I looked in Africa. I looked in the Middle East. I even looked a little bit in the Far East. And, and it just so happened that the first school that caught my eye was this school in Jordan called King's Academy. And um, to make a long story short, they published an opening for a Spanish teacher uh i applied for it uh without i've never been in jordan my wife and i have never been in the middle east although it's on our bucket list um i applied for it and over the christmas break just this past christmas break i ended up getting it was a four interview process and ended up getting an offer <laughs> wow yeah and the, the last interview was with the director from the school who's actually an american and he wanted to interview both Martha and me when I marked on the Zoom call as well. So, so they'd get to know her because obviously she's coming with me. Uh, it's just the two of us. Our youngest son's going to stay here in Colorado. Our oldest son, Pablo, lives in Madrid. Oh. Okay. So we'll be closer to him. Um, you know, uh, Amman, Jordan's about a four-hour and 45-minute direct flight from Madrid. Whereas getting from Denver to Madrid, uh, it just takes forever. There's not a direct flight. Like, we're going to go. You know, in July, we're going to go from here to Dallas and fly Dallas to Madrid or, you you know, it's just, it's a long, long flight, yeah. um, you know, long time to get there, long flight, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to be much closer to Pablo, our oldest son, who's in Madrid. He's got an internship. He's graduating from college this month. And then um, he's got a paid internship at HSBC Bank in Madrid. And then uh, Marta's family, my wife's family, is she has her mom and dad are still alive, and then three sisters that all live in Madrid, and we've got nieces and nephews, and so although we won't be real close, we'll be much closer. Absolutely. So yeah. What excites you the most about this new adventure? You know, it, it's got to be the fact that we're going to the Middle East. Which, when we tell people we're going to Jordan, they look at us like, "Are you crazy? <laughs> you know why?" And I'm, I'm kind of like, why not? I mean, we're at a point in our lives, Mark and I are, where we're kind of empty nesters, sort of, although our youngest son is going to stay here in our house. He's, you know, working and doing his own thing. But, um, I mean, being able, being so close to Israel and the Holy Land and, and all these very cool historic places like Egypt and we hope to get up to Turkey and Greece and et cetera and use, you know, Jordan as our, our base. I mean, we're going to be literally... 30, 40 minutes away from the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized. Wow. And as practicing Catholics, I mean, Martha and I are practicing Catholics. We, um, you know, it's, that's been a huge part of our marriage, too. We're just super excited about being close to the Holy Land and being able to go to Israel and, you know, Jerusalem and, and see the different sites and things. Obviously, you know, there's been a lot of tension there and there's been, you know, conflict and stuff. But we're hoping that kind of settles down and, and, and eventually we'll be able to make it over to Israel and, and see all this this really cool stuff. So there, I'm. You sound very excited, but I'm sure there's a little bit of you that's kind of nervous about this new adventure. Sure, um, there is, and obviously we're we're very excited about being in Jordan as well because there are just some great places in Jordan, like Petra and Aqaba and the the um, 
what's the, the, the Wadi Rum, which is a valley. It's supposed to be, you know, outstanding. And the whole Bedouin culture, I mean, there's, you have an opportunity to go out in the desert and spend the night with the Bedouin, you know, which the Bedouins are the native Jordanians, I guess. And, you know, really cool. Just dive into the culture. So, and then uh, the school is going to provide us with Arabic classes. So obviously Mark and I, we both speak English and Spanish and, and we speak Spanish at home and we have ever since we got married. And that's why I'm a Spanish teacher. Um, but the, the school is going to provide us with Arabic lessons free of charge, which is really cool. So we get to pick up a third language, uh, you know, at least a little bit. Um, <laughs> You know what makes me nervous? I, I guess it's the unknown. I've, I've never lived in a Muslim country. Um, although the director of the school told us that Jordan is a very moderate Muslim country. It's very, you know, he referred to it as a Switzerland of the Middle East. You know, Jordan tries to maintain the peace around a lot of mm-hmm. warring neighbors. I mean, you've got Iraq, you've got Syria, you've got, you know, some pretty precarious situations going on right next door. But um, Jordan you know, tries to maintain the peace. And uh, so that's, I guess that's the nervous part. Um, you know, I, Martha, my wife got a little nervous, you know, because some women in Jordan wear the hijab, which is the, the head covering, not the fork or anything, but, you yeah. know, just the head covering. And, but we've been, they've told us at school, it's totally optional. You know, women, if you don't want to wear it, you don't have to. And, and if you want to, you can, but I mean, uh, like I said, I've seen pictures. I've talked to colleagues there that are Jordanian, and I've, I've seen pictures of them online. And, and some women choose to wear it; some women don't. It's totally a personal decision. So, what was your family's response to this move? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, OMG! Uh, basically, <laughs> they were like, especially my parents. I think because um, my parents are still in Illinois. You know, we're going to be a long ways away from them. They're getting older, too. So I had to, you know, take that into consideration. Although there is a direct flight. I did find this out from Amman to Chicago. It's about a 12-hour flight. But, wow. uh, so that's nice to know. Um, and my, my wife's parents, my in-laws were in Spain, were very excited about it. They were, you know, obviously thinking their daughter's going to be a little bit closer, well, quite a bit closer to them. So sure. they thought it was a great opportunity. Uh, Martha's sisters, one of them was like, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> and then the other one, the other two were just super excited. Um, so yeah, so, I mean, we're going to miss our family. We're going to, you know, we're leaving our youngest son here. Our youngest son, David, is 19. We're going to leave him here in Littleton. He's going to keep our house. We're not selling that. And then, um, so we're going to miss seeing him, obviously. But thank God for FaceTime. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. doing this today versus 15, 20 years ago, it would be a huge difference. Oh, well, I, I remember, you know, when my wife and I got married 24 years ago, you know, I mean, phone calls were just so expensive for her to call back home to Spain. It was so expensive. The internet was just barely being born. Right. And there, there weren't, you know, and, and um, web cameras were very, very rudimentary and you had mm-hmm. dial up 56K connections and it was just, <laughs> it was awful. I mean, it was just awful, to be honest with you. You know, yesterday I was FaceTiming with Pablo in Madrid and because I'm like, we, we were going over, oh, hey, we got to, I got to clean your, clear your closet out, bud. What do you want to do with all your, yeah. all your things in your closet? And we're just FaceTiming and going through his closet and, you know, dad, keep this, put this in storage, take that, give it to Goodwill, whatever. Yeah, it's just amazing. You know, the only 
the only thing is the time difference. I mean, you know, it's yeah. eight hours. There's an eight-hour time difference between Denver and Madrid, and there's a nine-hour time difference between Denver and Amman, Jordan. So uh, that we got to take into consideration. So it'll only be eight hours with Illinois from from Jordan to Illinois. It'll be eight hours. Well, I think you guys are in for just an awesome adventure, and uh, we really look forward to uh, staying in touch and and kind of hearing how it's going Absolutely. in the future. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I definitely want to stay in touch. And it's funny, we have a little Colorado chapter mm-hmm. of alumni here. It's an awesome little group we formed out here. Linda Reinhardt and, and uh, uh, Jim, yep, Jim, Hines, and Jim and Judy Hines. And uh, Paul Brown was obviously part of it for a while while he lived out here in Colorado. He still comes out to see us. and We just got a good core of, of folks we get together once a year. You know, and Jim said, sent me an email and said, I heard about your big move. I guess we'll just have to do Zoom calls or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, let's do it, Jim, because I don't want to lose touch with those folks either. So, yeah. and it's a two-year commitment. I signed a two-year contract for um, to teach in Jordan. And so we'll see where, we'll see where it takes us after two years. Either we'll love it and want to stay or, or maybe we come back to Colorado or maybe we go somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know. Always yeah. an adventure. Always an adventure. We love we love adventures in our family. So that's wonderful. Well, Don, thank yeah. you so much for taking some of your time out today to be our guest on the show. You're quite welcome. It's been a pleasure. And so be, thank you for having me. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of From the Hawks Nest, where we learn about alumni, faculty, staff, friars, and students, and their different journeys and adventures. I'm Matt Bergman, and it's always a great day to be a hawk.